Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. It's a taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Another week has ended. Another week has begun. Let's go. A taste to consider podcast. No. Wavy, wavy. I'm an 80s baby. I was raised off Jay-Z, nasty, Nas, and AZ. Wavy, wavy, you can never play me. My Let's go. So savory, Say like sick and the podcast. Wavy, wavy, I'm an 80s baby. I was raised off Jay-Z, nasty, Nas, and AZ. Wavy, wavy, you can never play me. Say sick and the podcast. So Let's go. Like some yeah. so crazy. Wavy, surfer. Ooh. I'm a boss, not a worker. Yeah. I'm Stefani, you Urkel. Yes. When I'm for the purple. Let's go. It takes to consider podcast. Let's go. Let me take this gum out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, man. It takes to consider podcast. Let's go. Uh, that track right there is uh, by my cousin, J.O. Draft Pick, Oxtail Gravy. Make sure y'all uh, go on all your streaming services. Stream that, Oxtail Gravy. It's my cousin, J.O. Draft Pick. He signed the Tommy Boy Records. That's uh, J-A-E-O Draft Pick. Stream all, stream all his songs. Uh, he been doing this thing for a minute. Um, you can go on iTunes and purchase all his stuff. You know, uh, support my peoples. Um, yeah, he been making some hits. So I only had to play it. I only had to give y'all a taste of that because I ain't gonna I ain't gonna play the whole song, and you know what I'm saying y'all got stream the rest of it. So go support my peoples. That's my family right there. So let me start off the podcast with another song. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna play. Let me see. Um, y'all know I always gotta start off with something. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. This is my joint right here. This uh off the J. Cole new album, The Off Season, My Life, yeah, 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 yeah. featuring 21 Savage. This don't rock right here. Let's get it started. It takes to consider podcast. Another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. Let's go. A taste to consider podcast. Spiraling up, just like a rich nigga staircase. No fly zone, please stay the fuck out my airspace. Niggas say things behind backs that they wouldn't dare say. No, it's on sight when I see you, I'm working at Squarespace. Yeah, top of the morning, I know that you thought I was dormant. Woke up, hey, swarming a block from the outside of the house. Taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Trying to find an informant, but I ain't seen Nathan. I'm minding my business as God is my witness. The weapon gon' prosper that's forming against me. Nigga, I'm starving immensely. Know when I'm done with these songs, you gon' miss me. John Moran, I'm on my grizzly. You niggas just cuz, but no, not the ones in the big leagues. After the fall off, I promise I'm coming. I hope y'all feeling good out there. Let's go. Another episode. My family tree got a history of users that struggle with demons. Not really the hustler instincts. Therefore, often my pockets was empty. So I summoned my partner was serving up rocks on the corners of project assemblies. Me, I was starting to envy. Wanna be Say on the top of the spotlight where every bitch want me like Rihanna dropping new Fenty. What I see in the sky, the villas of Silla can't reach up too high, evidently. Nah, shit. 
I can't reach up too high evidently Never seen no one driving a Bentley I can't be out here mopping up Wendy's My life is all I have Say to consider podcast I appreciate and all I of you made it out to struggle, don't judge me What you saying now won't budge me Cause where I come from so often People you grow with laying in a coffin Let's go, say sick and sit the podcast It's my time now, my world 21 Savage, let's go Say what? The stuff that I seen got me traumatized I let the K go when Johnny died Swinging that motherfucker side to side We don't participate in with that squash shit All we believe in is homicide I got a good heart so I send teddy bears Every time we make their mamas cry I pray that my past ain't ahead of me, 21 When I'm in love, I love heavily oh God. If you betray me, you dead to me, 21 I disrespect you respectfully, girl I got some partners who left this earth Maybe the pain made a better, oh God Just know that they secrets is kept with, oh God Say Feel sick like and shit a podcast I gave my heart away to all the doll hoes Cause that's who it set to me, 21 I blame my pops for that shit Cause if he didn't fail, he could've corrected me, 21 Give all the props to my mama Cause no matter what, she always protecting me, oh God I promise you it ain't no check Let's go Jump in the water, get wet with me, 21 you want my money, I wanna have sex with me Can't let the arts of the law get the best of me I get the answer and you get the test of me Say, I see chicken, you niggas is breasting me Planted a seed, but that ain't a sesame Can't let you niggas or bitches grow next to me Say, sick and sit a podcast, let's go Another week has ended, another week has beginning I'm actually recording on Sunday night Yes, this is Sunday night, you know I switch it up every now and then. I normally record on Saturdays. I might sprinkle in a little Fridays. You get a little bit more of Sundays. Yeah, it's Sunday night. The energy wasn't too right uh, yesterday. My energy wasn't right, and the energy wasn't right, period. It just didn't feel right. I didn't feel right recording, so I just I just let it, let it slide. I was like, I'll record Sunday. And, of course, um... The energy is feeling more right today. Um, I didn't do my outline until today, so, you know, uh, we'll see how that goes. I waited to the last, last minute to do my outline for the show, but it's all good. You know, you know how I roll. Um, I'm going to give y'all a good show regardless. Uh, that's what I aim to do. Um, man, Yeah. The energy was definitely off yesterday. I ain't gonna lie, it was off. It was off for me. My energy was off, and just the whole energy period, the energy that I felt surrounding every, all the energy surrounding me just felt didn't feel too right. Um, I don't know if it was the Mercury retrograde. Uh, you know, we in a pre-shadow period of the Mercury retrograde. I don't know if it was the eclipse that's coming up this week. Uh, we having a. a eclipse on the 26th i don't know if that was it but i was just extremely tired i just didn't feel like nothing you know what i'm saying uh, i just felt totally off and if you've been a, a consistent listener of this podcast i don't record if the energy is too off and if i do record uh you will know that the energy is off <laughs> but um yeah, let's start the show. Let me just jump right into the show because it's 9 o'clock right now. It's nine twelve right now, Sunday night. And shit, I got, you know, even though I'm not going into the office, I still got work in the morning. So <laughs> my mind is still set up to, to look at it as, even though I've been working 
at home for over a year because of the uh, pandemic, my mind is still set up to look at it like, oh, shit, you know, I got to get ready for work in the morning. So I still haven't shook that yet. And I need to shake it before I start going back to work because from the way from the way things look and all the communication that I've been getting from from uh, my job and stuff like that, I probably won't be going back to work until 2022, sometime in 2022. So, And then there won't be no full-time thing. It's going to be like a, a hybrid. That's what they keep calling it, a hybrid. So I'll probably be going into the office like twice, twice a week and stuff. So, you know, let's get this show started. It's the Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. The taste of a Taste to Consider Podcast. And I'm back. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Back for another episode. This is part three of Trigger Warning. It's crazy because when I was doing the outline for part three, I looked at it like, oh, yeah, this um, this gonna be this series is going to be a trilogy right here, and I'm going to be done with it. But when I was going through the outline and stuff... And I was um, going through the topics that I had uh, pushed pushed to the side. I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna have to do a part four because there's still a lot of stuff I gotta talk about with <laughs> with this topic." So yeah, it will be a part four, and I'm hoping that part four will be it. Um, by the looks of it, just going through uh, all the topics that I put to the side and all the stuff that has to do with. Um, Excuse me. Excuse me. Burp number one. That I had to do with um this particular series. I, I'm I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping part four will be the last of trigger warning. But like I said on the last episode, like shit, I'm like a pastor when pastors be having those series. Well, those sermons, they be having a sermon, a series of sermons, all of it based off the same um, Bible verse or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So this this is what it's going to be like. I actually um, I actually came up with a good series that I'm going to I'm going to be working on soon. Um, I got to get it's going to be guest involved into this series. So I got to, you know, uh gauge these particular guests i have to gauge their their feelings on it if they if they actually want to come and be vulnerable on this podcast but you know i feel like it's going to work out you know whether it's one guest or two guests three guests four guests it's it's going to work out regardless cuz i cuz i feel like um this particular series that came to me you know i know it was only god that it came to me that, you know, it's going to be something that's beneficial for somebody. So that, that should be coming soon. That particular series, I've been working on it, um, you know, uh, doing a little outlines and stuff on it. And it's already, it's already been people, enough people hitting me up saying that they wanted to come on the show. So it kind of works out perfectly. I just hope that they're, they're ready to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. Uh, let me start off what I'm drinking. Since I'm still in the uh, trigger warning series, I'm still drinking 
the Woodenville whiskey. I don't have no cigar tonight. I just didn't feel like smoking, honestly. So um, I didn't get I didn't get no cigars for tonight. I didn't feel like smoking. So I definitely will have some for uh, next week. Next week is the Memorial Day three day weekend. So I definitely will have something to smoke because I'm sure I will be at a cookout or somewhere where I will be outside and I will need a cigar to just relax. You know. Um. Shit. Let me see. This is episode fifteen of season three. You know. Um. Shit. It seemed like it's it's about to be June. It seemed like I did more than fifteen episodes, but um, this year has been going by fast. Honestly, we about we we at the half. We about to be at the halfway point of twenty twenty one. Um. I don't. I don't think uh stuff is going to go back to quote unquote normal um until next year. So, you know, stuff is starting to slowly open back up restrictions and stuff in restaurants and bars and stuff like that, particularly in in my area that I'm in, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, the DMV. Uh, let me take a sip. Yeah. I was drinking a little bit when I was at my parents' house this Sunday. So if you are a consistent listener of the podcast, you know, Sundays, I go over to my parents' house, spend time with them, and have dinner and stuff. So when I was over there, I was drinking some uh, Tennessee Fire Whiskey. My mom, she likes that, so that's what I was drinking. My dad, he usually um, drinks absolute vodka. I ain't. I mean, vodka's cool. I, drink, I would drink anything, honestly, but, you know... When it comes to if I have options and whiskey is one of the options or anything dark, I drink dark. So, you know, I had to go to the uh, Tennessee Fire Whiskey. But, um, yeah, it was cool. One particular thing that I was thinking about mentioning on the podcast when I was uh, sitting at my parents' house was the fact that I always be trying to get my mom to write down recipes and stuff of the things that she cooked. Particularly, she makes a lot of pound cakes and stuff like that. So I always be telling her, write down the recipes and stuff, write down the recipes. So we can pass this stuff down to, you know, in the family, you know, that can be our heirlooms. And particularly, like, in the black community, that that's something that is always, like, is special, you know, in our with our culture, soul food and stuff like that. So I think it's important to like write down recipes and stuff like that, particularly if you don't have any type of materialistic um, items to pass down. You can pass down those things, recipes and stuff like that, because, you know, like your grandparents or your parents and stuff may not be business minded, but you have more business, you're more business minded than your parents or your grandparents, or even if you're not, you're you know, your children or your grandchildren may have a business mind and they can profit off of that. And that's our way of building wealth in our family, passing down recipes, having cookbooks and stuff like that. Even today, like I, I said to my dad that he need to start, you know, uh, making barbecue sauce and, and selling it or at least, you know, write down the recipe so I can sell it. You know, something like that, you know, have that stuff passed down, you know, because one thing about our our community, our culture in the so-called black community is that we don't have a lot of generational wealth when it comes to materialistic stuff with, as far as real estate, uh, money, uh, stocks, as those type of assets and stuff like that. 
So we need to have the stuff that, you know, bring us together, which is like the food, soul food, stuff like that. We can have the cookbooks, the the any type of um, skills or trades and stuff like that. Pass that now. So if if you know the aunt, if your ancestor wasn't business minded, you may be business minded. So you can turn that into some type of you know some type of wealth, some type of prosperity, some type of abundance in your family or whatever. And I think that's something that uh, in the black so called black community that we need to start doing. You know, because in the white community and other communities and stuff, they pass down money, they pass down businesses and stuff like that. We need to start passing. Passing down the stuff that you know is has been such a such importance to our community where we can make money off of it, you know, so we can have generational wealth. So you know, I'll be I'll be bugging them. Sorry about that. Cord troubles. But um, yeah, I be bugging them and stuff about that all the time, and you know, trying to get them to write down recipes for cakes, um, any type of dishes and anything like that, you know, because there's money to be made. And then you know, I'm I recently started my my uh, online store and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's ways to pass down some type of generational wealth to to your family and stuff and i think that that is the key to try to help us uh build our community in some sort of way particularly if we're not gonna you know what i'm saying just just that's just one portion of it you know my my view on it is always passing down the the, the break the generational curses curses that we have in our community by, you know, seeking uh, therapy and stuff like that. But it's always good to, you know, to do it in all areas because, you know, everybody is not built for therapy. Everybody is not going to go to therapy. So, you know, there's always ways to break the generational curses, you know, whether it be mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, financially. There's always ways to do that. Well, let me see what I got for the show today. Like I said, I did the outline at the last minute, so uh, just <laughs> just bear with me because, yeah, this, yeah, like, I did a lot of sleeping and stuff this weekend. This, the energy was just off, and, like, Based off of the eclipse energy, the Mercury retrograde pre-shadow uh, phase and stuff like that, this was bound to happen, being tired and stuff, and just being a little off. So just bear with me on stuff. Um, let me see. I went through the drink. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, y'all know plenty of times I've mentioned this about the Asian hate bill. But that the bill finally went through this week the the week that just passed it went through so then now the asian community has a bill to protect them and i'll just leave it at that <laughs> i'll just leave it at that um 
What else? Excuse me. A lot of burps in the beginning. Mm. Excuse me. All right, let me see. Uh, and I've been I've been drinking for a while, so I'm not I'm not drunk, but you know what I'm saying. I just need a, I just need the little a little time. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, this is another thing that I wanted to bring up in relation to the uh, Asian hate bi- bill, Joe Biden, and stuff like that. And y'all know I've talked about her before on the podcast, Tamika Mallory, who's one of the uh, people behind the Black, excuse me, Black Lives Matter organization. She just recently released a book. I I forgot the name of the book, and I don't care to bring the title of the book up. But she's been promoting the book and. Excuse me, damn. Hold on, real quick. Let me let me uh <laughs> pause the episode. All right, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to be all up hiccuping and burping and stuff, so I had to go get <laughs> get a bottle of water. But I forgot to mention. Uh, I remember when I was up getting the water. That yeah, um, I mentioned this before on the podcast. Make sure if you own a home, make sure you get a home warranty. Like, there's plenty of companies out there that offer home warranties. Because last week, uh, my AC just my AC is just done. My AC is done in my house, and I had the home warranty ever since I I moved in here. Uh, I moved in here 2012, so I've been in here for like nine years. And I've had the home warranty ever since. So I had to call the home warranty to come out and check on my AC and stuff. And turns out that, you know, the AC is, is done. So my home warranty is giving me a whole new system. And it's usually a whole AC system costs up to like $3,000. So I'm only going to have to pay $500 of uncovered costs that's costs that you know uh the home warranty don't cover under my um my warranty so i'm up in this zone i've been up in here for like uh four days without ac and in the dmv the past three days has been in the upper 80s lower 90s so yeah like right now today sunday this is the hottest that has been and like I'm recording right now in my wife beater and my drawers. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm half butt naked up in here recording for y'all. I just want to let y'all know that. <laughs> but yeah, if you got a if you got a uh if you own a home, even if it's an older home, you can buy a home warranty and they will cover appliances and stuff. And I think, like, if you purchase the home warranty, you got to wait. Depending on what company it is, you got to wait 30 to 90 days before you start uh, filing claims. And when you file claims and stuff, you got to pay, like, a deductible. It's, like, between, like, $75, between $100. So this week coming up, you know, um, I should be getting my new AC system. (laughs) 
So, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in the basement because the basement has been the coolest place in the house. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I just thank God that I got this damn home warranty and I don't have to come out my pocket for the full amount of a new system. Um, <laughs> yeah. So back to Tamika Mallory. Um, like I said, she's uh, been promoting the new book and stuff like that. And y'all know I already talked about her before because um, I felt like she was on her bullshit. Um, so let me play this clip right here um, where she was basically... She was basically... Um, stopping this stupid wall that they're building yeah. um he the dealt Muslim. with so he did immigration you know obviously stopping this stupid wall that they're building yeah. um he the dealt Muslim with uh, the muslim ban yeah. getting rid of the muslim ban he dealt with making sure that um i think 11 million people will become citizens um so he's doing things right but with black folks you can't just sign something to say stop killing black people it's not it's not that simple she's saying it's not that simple for joe biden to sign something for black people but what did i just say before that he just signed a whole bill for the asian community after they was just getting harassed quote unquote harassed for a year quote unquote harassed for a year So, do we should we trust Tamika Mallory? She's already gave us evidence of not of us not to trust her, and she's giving us more right here. But when I look on social media, she got like a million followers. This is the same woman that says sexism is more important than racism. She said that. She said that. <laughs> so, like, I'm confused. This is supposed to be a top leader in the Black Lives Matter movement. But that's what she said. She said Joe Biden just can't do nothing for black people. But he did something for the Asian community. Previous episodes, I talked about how he did stuff for the Hispanic Latino community. Joe Biden has done stuff for everybody except for us. But let's not forget y'all, girl. Y'all voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but not, let's not forget about Kamala Harris. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. Let's play that no. again. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. No. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> she already told y'all she wasn't going to do, st do stuff just for black people. Joe Biden sat there and said, if you ain't black, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And they ain't doing nothing for, they pimped us. Well, they ain't pimped me. They pimped y'all who voted for them. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> this is what got me shadow banged in the first place. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, speaking of shadow ban, one of the other reasons that got me shadow ban was talking about that damn vaccine. And recently, uh, I talked about uh, how, I don't know if I talked about it. I talk, I've been sharing the information so much. Sometimes, even if I don't talk about it on the podcast, I still share the information with people. So, in Ohio, they had a lottery for people to get the vaccine. And this is what I was saying. Like, I tweeted this out. Um People really not getting that vaccine like how they how the media is claiming that they're getting that vaccine because they they having too many gimmicks. They had up in New York uh, the Shake Shack gimmick where the mayor was sitting there talking about some if you get the vaccine, you get a free burger and some fries. In Ohio, they doing the lottery. I've seen uh, free donuts. What else? Free gas, I think it was. And now in, in what what hits closer to home in Maryland with uh Governor Larry Hogan, um, he's doing an, a lottery for the vaccine. It says with vaccine demand dropping, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan is launching a two million dollar lottery that will hand out dozens of forty thousand dollar cash prizes to vaccinated state residents. Bruh. Oh man. I don't, I don't understand. Like, my folks got the vaccine. My brother got the vaccine. My sister-in-law got the vaccine. Like, I know people who got the vaccine. Some friends of mine's got the vaccine. Like, I've already said it. Like, it's, it's your choice. You do what you want to do. But damn, like, it's so much evidence out there that shows you that I'm not judging, but it's just like, damn, like, Oh my goodness, man! It sucks. I want y'all to uh, check out a documentary. If if you in the documentaries, it's on HBO Max. Is is ways to look at it if you don't have HBO Max. If you know, you know. It's called Crime of the Century, and it's talking about the opioid. Um, it says the Crime of the Century is a is an American two-part documentary film directed, directed, produced, and written by Alex Gibney. The film follows the op- opioid epidemic in the United States and the political operatives, government regulations, and corporations that enabled the abuse of opioids. I'm sitting here watching this uh, documentary lad, uh, yesterday, and I'm just sitting there thinking like, damn, this telling you, all the things you need to know on why you shouldn't take that vaccine because of the op- opioid, opi- <laughs> opioid ep- epidemic. And then just thinking about back in the 80s when the government, the CIA, was pushing the crack cocaine in our communities, the the, the black communities. Like, it is what it is. I mean, you already got the vaccine, so, I mean, what can you do now? Just go ahead and put that magnet on your arm and just make some TikTok videos, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, let me move on. Yeah, so, um, like I already said, you know, we got the uh, Mercury retrograde pre-shadow phase, and we got the uh, eclipse coming up on the 26th. Uh, what's that, Thursday of this week? Um, 
Yeah, so I talked about the Mercury retrograde last week, uh, last episode, talked about how it is with communication, travel, electronics, and stuff like that. So just be mindful of your travel plans. Uh, if you have any le- electronic issues, that's because of the Mercury retrograde. Be mindful of buying electronics during the met- Mercury retrograde, because if you buy any electronic during the Mercury retrograde, you will have issues with it. And with communication, communication, uh, just be mindful of how you say things, the things that you say. Uh, be mindful of how people are going to react to the things that you say, comprehend the things that you say. It might be some arguments and stuff like that. So just just kind of if, if you can avoid serious conversations, do that. Avoid serious conversations. And it's interesting because this particularly mer- – this uh, Mercury retrograde is in Gemini, and Gemini is ruled by Mercury, so it's going to be even intent, more intense. It's going to be enhanced. So just you know, just be mindful of all of that. Um, the eclipse that's coming up is going to be in Sagittarius, so um, it's going to affect uh, Sagittarius, and you know, um, just be mindful that anything that happens. Uh, Stuff might get a little. Uh, it's not. It's not to look at. You shouldn't look at Mercury retrograde or the eclipse energy and stuff in a bad way because um, all things are working for your highest good. You know, so just look at. You know, if if you gotta let go of something that, you know, it may be, it may be a reason for you to have to let go of that. You know, um, if there's uh a serious conversation that needs to be had it might it might need to be had but just be mindful of the things that you say uh be mindful that uh p- past situations past conversations past people are going to pop up in your life due to the mercury retrograde and stuff like that but just always remember that everything that happens is for your highest good um yeah Rest in peace to Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney is a legend, man. I mean, a lot of people know him from the Dave Chappelle stuff, but um, not only that, I knew him from writing for Richard Pryor, writing on the Sanford and Sons and stuff like that. He's a legend. Um, So this is one of my favorite clips of Paul Mooney, and I'm going to play it for you. (laughs) Might be walking. Black people walk like that because we have style, we got flavor, we got rhythm. I mean, the black man in America is the most copied man on this planet, bar none. Everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. How about that question? <laughs> Everybody want to be a nigga, but no, nobody want to be a nigga. <laughs> Damn, man, how true is that shit right there? Everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. Oh, man. Paul Mooney, a legend. Hey, it's funny. Uh, I saw that your man, I saw that y'all man, Dirk Jackson, is coming out with a new book. Oh, man. Let me pull this shit up. Uh, your man, Dirk Jackson. And I knew this shit was going to happen. And then, I mean, this is like business. This is, this is business, man. You play off shit. 
and he is playing off of whether it was staged or it was for real. Um, but your man Dirk Jackson said he is not going away. He's not going quietly. Your man Dirk Jackson is coming out with a new book. If it's not already out, I just saw the post. It says, Healed Together Without Hurting Each Other. And on the cover of the book, it's him and his wife in their uh, from their wedding photos, I believe. Your man Dirk Jackson said, yeah, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. <laughs> oh, man, Dirk Jackson. It's not playing with y'all. Uh, trigger warning. Trigger warning part three. Let me take a sip. I probably shouldn't take a sip, but let me take a sip. Yes, Kwame Brown. If you don't know who Kwame Brown is, he was the first round draft pick, number one draft pick uh, of the Washington Wizards. Uh, during the tenure of Michael Jordan being the president and general manager of the Washington Wizards. Kwame Brown has been coming out. He's been stepping up lately. Kwame Brown has been stepping up and defending himself and defending a lot of bullshit that's been going on out here. So it initially started when, um, I believe... Matt Barnes and um, I forgot the other by my name. Basketball players, former basketball players, they was they got a podcast and they was talking about Kwame Brown. Excuse me. And Kwame Brown has been the butt of a lot of jokes over the years for him, quote unquote, being considered a bust in the NBA, which is interesting because he's been in, he was in the NBA for 12 years and made over sixty three million dollars he had a 12-year career and made over 63 million dollars granted i understand that the expectations may he may not have lived lived up to the expectations of being a number one draft pick but you can't say his career was necessarily a bust because he was in the league for over 12 years and teams continued to sign him and he made over 63 million dollars so, and just me from being in Washington, D.C. and watching Kwame Brown and stuff, he wasn't the greatest player. He didn't live up to the potential of being a number one draft pick. But Kwame Brown did have basketball skills. Like, you can't make it to the NBA unless you have skills. Like, it's a lot of dudes out here that can play ball but didn't make it to the NBA. So, you have to be a special individual to make it to the NBA and to continue to get signed by teams. So, Kwame Brown has been the butt of the jokes for years by plenty of people, but recently, I guess, you know, whatever Matt Barnes and uh, Steven Jackson, that's his name, Steven Jackson said about Kwame Brown, they lit up a fire in his ass, and he's been out here speaking. But I'm not going to focus on that particular aspect of him coming out making a lot of the videos that he's made you can go on twitter um you can go on instagram facebook and find all of the kwame brown videos that he's been releasing but what i wanted to focus on in particular about kwame brown was what he what he particularly has been going through with Charlemagne the god 
I've talked about Charlemagne the God on this uh podcast before. I bigged him up for doing this mental health thing and stuff like that, releasing his books, being open about mental health and stuff like that. Um, but it pisses me off at times about Charlemagne because he does a lot of things that contradicts him calling himself a mental health advocate. And, he, you know, he talks about people and uh, references their mental health and, you know, does it in a bad way. And Charlemagne is, quote, unquote, considered a, quote, quote unquote, a shock jock, so to speak. He came came up under uh, Wendy Williams, so. He does a lot of bullshit where I feel like he he says he's a mental advocate, mental health advocate, but then he points stuff out that contradicts him being an advocate. And he went on, uh, he was on The Breakfast Club and he talked about um, Kwame Brown and he talked about Kwame Brown's family and was calling certain people in this family crazy and stuff like that. And, you know, that's just a no-no when you um supposed to be pushing this mental health advocate type thing. And it was it was funny because um Charlemagne is on the nationally syndicated radio show. Charlemagne is very known um period you know from his books from being on a radio show having a podcast network and stuff like that and he was sitting on his radio show putting Kwame Brown's family's information out there to the public you know uh certain things about what his father did uh uh criminal cases stuff like that with his with Kwame Brown's siblings and stuff and Kwame Brown released a video, you know, talking about how um, he didn't know some of that stuff that that happened with his father, happened with his brother and stuff like that. And for for Charlemagne to be putting that information out because they they grew up in the same town and a lot of the stuff was like word of mouth stuff. So, you know, it was very dangerous for Charlemagne to be doing that stuff and then, like, linking it with Kwame Brown saying, like, you know, you better watch out for Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, he he crazy. He got a short fuse and stuff like that. And you saying that and linking that because of his family history and stuff like that, but you don't know anything about Kwame Brown and stuff like that. You never have a conversation with him or anything. And then in the climate that we in now with with uh, police killing black people and stuff like that, you basically putting a target on Kwame Brown's back based off of his family history and stuff. It was just, it was just irresponsible. And it's funny because after Charlemagne said all that shit, Kwame Brown responded to it, but then Charlemagne got his lawyers involved and did a cease and desist order. <laughs> and I'm like, bruh, how you going to have a, a whole platform where you can talk about other people's stuff, but then when they respond back to you, you bring in lawyers and stuff in the equation and stuff like that. Like, what kind of shit is that? Like, you introduced it. You, you, put, you, you put this on the table for this stuff to be talked about. But now... 
you sitting here talking about some here's a cease and desist order. That's wild. You can't you can't be on a nationally syndicated radio station, be a uh a, a author of books and be out in the in the the limelight and stuff like that, have this fame talking about people being considered a quote unquote shock jock, but then when somebody responds to you, you have a cease and desist order. And the reason that Charlemagne sent that cease and desist order was because Kwame Brown brought up an old case of Charlemagne's where he was um he was accused of sexually assaulting a young lady back in the day. He was uh, accused of drugging her and raping her. It's just wild. You you make a living off of talking about people, but then if somebody bring up something about your past, then it's a it's a problem. You bringing lawyers and stuff involved and stuff. It's crazy. So you shouldn't be talking about people's personal lives. Then if if you worried about people coming back. And responding with shit that's going on in your personal life. You know what I'm saying? But I always I always had a like I've already said, I've always had of um a kind of thing with Charlemagne where he claims he's a mental health advocate, but then and he's getting all this attention for being a mental health advocate, but then he's sitting there making jokes and pointing out people's mental health issues and stuff like that and you know putting out there to the public and not supporting them you know he's done that with Joe Budden he's done that with plenty of people um it's just wild um like even recently uh Charlemagne's been getting a lot of blowback from that that uh that old sexual assault case from other people. And it's like, you know, if you if you done dirt in your life and then you you sitting there pointing out other people's dirt and stuff like that, you gotta expect somebody to to jab back at you. But you can't sit here and, and get in your feelings and and start throwing out cease and desist letters and, and orders and stuff like that so people can't talk about it. Like how, that's, that's beyond contradictory. And I just think that's a, a messed up messed up thing to do. And and that just goes back to like questioning a lot of these these people out here, these influencers, these celebrities and stuff like that when when they choose these platforms to jump on, whether it's mental health, and I've talked about it plenty of times how mental health has been a trendy topic. Um, you just gotta with the relationships, Dirk Jackson, uh, Steve Harvey, Kevin Samuels, all all of them. You know, all the people. Whether I agree with certain things or not, you have to look deeper into what are their motives, what are they really about. You know, because it could all just be about following the trend, following the cliche and making money off it. Even these these uh, influences that's on um, 
that's out here on social media and stuff. These, like I said on the last episode, these bitter bitties, these bitter women that's out here pushing this narrative of trauma, drama, and negativity. And, you know, they know that women are going to gravitate towards that because that's where their mind is at right now. So they feeding off of you. That's a vampire right there. That's the definition of a vampire. Straight definition of a vampire. Uh, moving on. Let me see. So I said I was going to finish the uh, Kevin Samuels interview on the Joe Budden podcast, but I believe I have a clip before I get into that, a clip that has something to do with, that relates, excuse me, that relates to the, excuse me, relates to this podcast. So let's go. Let's go. Let me see. Um. Oh, lunch is on me. You can pay next time. Tony, why'd your eye go all slack? You having a stroke or something? (laughs) Or are you trying to ask me out? (laughs) Don't be silly. I do not ask men out, okay? I do, however, say yes when certain men ask me out. Well... I hope some man does, because I got to go. I got a conference call in 30 minutes. Magic wants to develop a Jamba Juice and watch. Anthony, I've led you to the fountain. It's up to you to drink. I don't think me asking you out would be a good idea. Oh, oh, I see. Anthony, I've dated husky men before. It's no big deal. My weight is not an issue for me, and it certainly is not an issue for the women I date. Okay. You're just not my type, Tony. Not your type? No, really, I'm everybody's type. I mean, look at this. Tony, you're superficial. Hence this conversation. Where's the substance? What's your legacy going to be? I mean, one day, you are going to die. What's your obituary going to say? First off, it's going to say she was 102, but look, 50. (laughs) Tony, I'm looking for a woman who's doing something with her life, somebody who's bringing as much to the table as I am. Shoot, somebody who at least has a second paragraph in her obituary. Fine, fine, because I'm looking for a man who's not so obsessed with death. (laughs) That was a clip from Girlfriends. Uh, Season 2 of Girlfriends, episode 17. Uh, I think it relates to everything that was, um, everything that I've been talking about in this series, Trigger Warning. And I stumbled upon it by because I watched Girlfriends so much. I mean, like this through this whole pandemic, I've been watching Girlfriends, Office, and The Wire. Those have been my those are those are my top shows, period. And I've been watching those over and over again, particularly during the work hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that topic that whole scene was relevant to everything. So let's get into it. The Kevin Samuels uh, interview um, on the Joe Budden podcast. Uh, I'll go through a few of the the uh, clips. I'll go through a few of the portions of the episode that I've labeled as clips. So let's start. And black women don't like to acknowledge the fact of that. I have a question for you. I have two other things. Okay, but 
are you taking that statistic of the rate at which black women are marrying, right? Mm-hmm. And saying they're unable to marry versus the modern woman today maybe just not viewing marriage the way she was brought up to view it. One out of four, 26% of black women were married. The next lowest rate is 54% more white women. Still double. Double. Still okay. double. And if that was your mantra that marriage is not as important, mm-hmm. you wouldn't put the stipulation that I can only submit to a man that makes a certain dollar amount. So you're open to marriage when a man makes a certain dollar amount. But if he falls below, beneath that threshold, you're closed off to marriage. But that's... But that's- and this is interesting just based off of that little portion that I played so far because... I be on social media and I see a lot of black women on there that want to get married, that want to be in relationships and stuff, that want to go on quote unquote vacations and and all that other stuff. But I'm and these are attractive women. So I'm like, what the hell is going on that you don't have a man? Literally, seriously, what is going on that you don't have a man? Oh. But that's only now in, the, in the black community. That's us. It's, it's only for that's black us. men. That's us. Because not only so that's that go ahead, let's go ahead and go all the way in since we're going there. Mm-hmm. That's us. The stipulation is a black man has to be a superhero. Yep. You got to be able to provide four or five times the rate of yep. what any other man yep. would provide, and you got to be a sexual professional. So if you don't have all those things, and I already know, just being a black man and being around black men and stuff like that, I know single black men, black men that's in relationships and black men that's been married and stuff like that black men want to be in relationships with black women they want to be but it's like they tired of dealing with drama they tired of dealing with negativity they tired of dealing with uncooperation so i'm like what the hell is going on on one hand i see Plenty of black women, attractive black women that want to be in relationships, that want men and stuff. And I know it's a lot of black women out here that would date unattractive men. Seriously, they will date unattractive men based off of they don't want to date an attractive man because they feel like he's going to be out in the streets. But if you're a nigga, you're just going to be out in them streets. Let's be honest. Streets is the streets. But then you have black dudes that straight up just love black women, want to be with black women and stuff like that. But then they having so many complaints, having so many difficulties and stuff like that, being in a relationship, they just like, fuck it. They just rather just roam the streets and just stick it and move, stick and move. I mean, I'm just being honest. You're not high value. You're not quality. And that's what my show is kind of showing. It's- yeah. So then it's like, I should have just let the clip go. But it's like, and I'm going to preface this again by saying when I say women or black women or whatever, I'm not meaning all. I'm just saying that because I ain't got time to be sitting here saying some black women or certain black women or a lot of black women. I ain't got time for that shit. So that's that's why it's called trigger warning. So if you get triggered by it, that means there's some truth to it. So then it's like a, black women just be wanting like certain dudes. Social media has fucked up everything. 
the nigga gotta have a certain amount of money. He gotta be dressing a certain type of way. He gotta be flashy this certain type of way. He gotta be doing this. He gotta be doing that in order for a woman to really pay him attention. It's dudes out here that got their own place, got their own car, whatever like that, but ain't ain't making uh, six figures. Ain't making over fifty thousand dollars. Ain't making over sixty thousand dollars. But it's a problem. They handling their business on their own, but it's seen as a problem when it comes to being with a woman, being with them. That's why I said on the last episode that that new the new phrase that I made up, attention ship. Everything is about attention ship these days. The, it's all about social media. What trips are we going on? What vacations are we going on? What dinners we we at? What gifts you buy me? If you buy me a bag or or what whatever the fuck y'all be doing out here because I ain't doing that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> my my value and my worth is coming from the love and all that other stuff that I'm giving you. You know what I'm saying? But it seemed like it's just social media just fucked this shit up. And that's the problem with our community, period. Black people just want all this flashy shit. We want to look good first, everything else second. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we won't get ahead. But let me go back to the clips. It's let women say what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. He does. He asks a series of questions. I just let you say what's mm-hmm. on your and mind. And they answer them. And then, based on your answers, he assesses the data that you've given him via his questions. I don't know why they fall for some of them questions. Because they're speaking. If you've ever, because they if don't you've, see if you've it. ever seen them. No, no, no. <laughs> but, that, uh, but again, before they get tripped up, they think they're, they hold some, I'm going to get him. I'm going to teach him. Ma'am, yeah, blah blah blah. Ma'am, he and yeah. ma'am, he don't and and to all the people that says he's harsh and brash, I've seen enough of him where he starts off the interview mild mannered, respectful. I reflect what I get. Ma'am, exact, ma'am, 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 ma'am. Please stop cutting me off, ma'am. You call my platform to get advice. Let me advise you. A lot of the things. And when he says something that 40? they don't want to hear, anybody know over forty? Yes, me. Okay. Um, ah, you like that? I'm still go back. <laughs> Go back to when you were 10 years old. I want you to think, imagine a 20-year-old woman speaking to a 50-year-old man. You wouldn't hear the tone, the, the, the way in which I see many 20-year-old women that's approach true. a man that... People, period. No, no, in particular, colleague in my show talking to me like I'm your age. I'm like, well, so there is no... With some... With far too many women, there is no level of credibility a man has where he can't be checked. See, one of the things is what you tend to hear more often than anything else is, why'd you go on his show, girl? If that was me, I'd have cussed him out. See, there's a problem. Women are, we're allowed, we've allowed one-way violence in our community for far too long. Ooh. One-way aggression. See, all these men in this room know that there are lines that we can't cross because Fuck this podcast. We're going to have to go handle business outside. Yeah. Because there's a low-level threat of violence Indeed. between our men. Women don't have that. So they can say whatever, do whatever, be as foul as they want to because it's like, so let me get this right. You would have went into that man's place of business and cussed him out as if you could do something. And if they he decided, can. You know, and just, just hearing all of this and stuff is just, 
is making me think about the plenty of times that you see videos and stuff on social media and stuff of women straight abusing dudes and the dudes not doing nothing because they know they can't. They they know that it crosses the line to abuse a woman, to put their hands on a woman and stuff like that. Not to say that there ain't been dudes that do that, because there's plenty of dudes that do that. But you know, let's be real. You know that there's plenty of women that know that do certain dudes won't retaliate against them putting their hands on them. So they look at it as their, their open window to be abusive. No recourse because they assume because if you touch me then i'm gonna call somebody which is who the police which is a, a man. man yeah a, a man and it's typically is typically not and it's typically you're not expecting when you think about who's gonna show up you're not expecting a, a woman to show up you expect a man to show up and let's be honest most expecting a white man to show up i'm like you've got to think of the the level of disrespect all men are asking is for women to be nice and cooperative. That is it. They're not asking for you to be. We ain't asking you to be superwoman. We just asking to be able. We just asking y'all to be nice, nice and cooperative. Not cooperative in a way that for us to control you. And I think that's that's where the problem always arises. That. Not to say that there ain't no dudes out here that be pressed to be trying to control women. But majority of the dudes out here, they want cooperation to allow to allow them to be themselves, to be the man, to lead and stuff like that. But it's hard pressed to get that. Supermodels, IG models, they're just asking, can you just be nice, cooperative, fit? And childless, is that much to ask for? But that's a huge... <laughs> you say childless. And I spoke on this before. He said fit as well. And I spoke on this before on the podcast or whatever. I always think that it's funny how certain dudes that, that don't... And like I've already said, I don't agree with everything Kevin Samuels say. So like when it comes to the fit part or the child part, I don't necessarily agree with that, particularly the fit part, because it be a lot of dudes out here that don't be in shape and stuff like that, but be requiring the women to be looking like the Instagram models, be having the bubbles, the big breasts, the fat asses and stuff like that. But then them niggas ain't even in shape. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely don't agree with him on that. Let's go. Lift today. Kev, you can't throw the child. Yeah, you. Yeah, you can. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, yeah, you, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, you, I'm joking. But you, once you reach a certain age, no, nah, no, nah, I can throw it in there. I'm gonna throw. It, I'm gonna tell you why I'm throwing it in there. I'm not gonna back off that because look, there are too many forms. Of, I'm 52 years old. When mm. I used to go into the grocery store to ask for condoms, they clowned you. We need a price check on condoms because 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 yeah. especially where I'm from, they thought they could morally justify it. But now we have women have access to over 33 forms of birth control before. And or after, you there are all kind of there the adoption, all these things. No child gets born today that a woman did not want to carry. I mean, to carry the full term. That's her choice. I would agree. That's so true. if you choose to have a child without the benefit of marriage, fine. But you accept everything that comes along with it. Because we because there's enough information out there to show that statistically. 
A child is not going to be in the best position to have a best outcome this way. Can it happen? Sure. Because flip the script. If men were to get out here and just make babies reckless, they call you. Uh, they call you something. There's a names whole bunch. for them. Yeah. yeah. A whole so bunch. that yeah. is this. This conversation right here, Kev, is where is where I was really and really on the hook with just wanting to hear more that you had to say. I was watching you with a young woman and the conversation somehow was just based on, hey, whatever you did, was it best for the child? She was saying she moved. She moved to wherever mm-hmm. her family was mm-hmm. and it was her family to get. And I'm letting it, I'm letting it flow a little bit. More than what I had on my timeline, but just off of, I can't really speak too much about the children thing because I don't have any kids or whatever. Um, I have dated um, a woman with a kid before, and I always said that like my threshold would be just one kid or whatever, but I do. Uh, know that just based off of my experience and experiences uh, with other guys that I've known that have kids and stuff like that, like it's more it's more acceptable for a woman to have a kid and to be out there dating as opposed to a dude. And like you always hear like stuff about like this Bama got all these kids or whatever like that. But it's it's funny though, but like so just sitting here just talking about it now and just thinking about what was said already and just thinking about like on the celebrity front, um I mean I don't think I agree with Kevin Samuels because like when you think about like future, like people talking about people always be talking about oh, I mean kids future guy. And then like recently, all these kids next Nick Cannon be popping up with like it. It seemed like it's more acceptable. Well, particularly if you're in the uh, well, I ain't gonna say celebrity because I know a lot of niggas just just that just uh, on the just regular dudes <laughs> that be having a lot of kids and they just be having women. <laughs> so yeah, I think it is more acceptable for a dude to have a lot of kids and be out here in the streets dating and stuff than it is women. So I think on the end that is more of an advantage for men just based off of the fact that. When a woman has a lot of kids, she's the one taking care of them. So, yeah, I definitely don't agree with Kevin Samuels on that end. Yeah, so that was interesting to go through that little dialogue. Let me keep playing. Gave her the advice, and I didn't even really want to move, but mm-hmm. she was doing all of that. And you just kept it on, yeah, I hear you, but was that best for the child? And I don't even really think she still was getting nothing you were saying. And for me, I was like, oh, see, this is this is deep. Let me take a commercial break real quick. I'm back. One of the funny things about doing a podcast by yourself and doing it with a with a group when I used to <laughs> when we used to record for the uh, unproductive, unapologetic podcast. Anytime I had to use the bathroom, it was cool for me to just get up and you know everybody was still talking or whatever and go use the bathroom. But now I got to pause the show and all that other stuff. But yeah, I'm sitting here, got my. Uh, my little bit of drink, got my water, got my Gatorade, and I'm the type of person that alcohol don't really, um, because I drink so much water, I drink a lot of tea and stuff like that, 
when I drink alcohol, I really it's hard for me to get intoxicated. It's hard for me to get drunk. You know, I might get a little buzz and stuff like that, but it wears off real fast, and I just have to go to the bathroom. I always been like that. It's like anytime I drink any type of alcohol, like I always gotta go to the bathroom. It just it just runs through me. I just gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee. Well, let's get back to the show. This is deep. that was deep mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. that's been some of my experience in trying to explain or have the conversation. Like, hey, I know you're looking out for you, but at what point is it okay for me to say it's not about you, but and I not think, come off like a dick? I think that we, especially in our community, have normalized the absentee father, right? And so when women are making these decisions, these choices, the fathers want. Don't even really come into the decision making. Well, yeah, right. It's further than that, yeah. I've definitely experienced that. Um, I've seen it in my experience how a lot of women don't want the father to be involved in this the decision making for whatever reason, whether he makes bad decisions or if they just trying to get back at him, but they don't want him to be involved in the decision making. So then in turn you you know you get these these scenarios particularly when it's a a mother raising a boy and the father isn't allowed to make decisions or being the kid's life and stuff like that you get a a skewed situation honestly you get a situation where there isn't any masculine energy around or anything like that It's per- I mean <laughs> We've normalized prosperity and, and the prosper like coming from the Christian church when the prosperity gospel can't start coming in. I don't want to get too religious in this, but we've we've normalized that you deserve to live your best life. Your happiness as an individual is paramount. And when you tell people that that then that means I'm up here and everything else is a secondary concern. So when I turn around and say marriage ain't about love, a romance, it's about duty. What? We're the most Christian folks. To when it comes to the when it comes to the most Christian of unions, we also want to get new wave mm-hmm. because somebody mentioned the granddad may have had a family on the other side of town. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't hear about it till the funeral. Sure right. didn't. Because sure grandma did. had a duty to keep her <laughs> mouth closed, That's and granddad right. had a duty right. to keep it closed. The stuff you hear about your grandparents and great grandparents is after they left. You still hold them in high regard. You do. That is Are true. we as serious of a people as they were? Hell no. No. no, because we're a bunch of in our feelings, child. I want to be Selfish. happy all the time. Selfish, Selfish mm-hmm. me, 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 me. Nope. That's true. And what do we got? A, 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 a fracture. Everybody's doing their own thing. Can't nobody say nothing. You, As a man, as a grown man, you can look at a, somebody's kid that you know is doing something wrong. You can't say nothing for fear of what their mama going to say or this or that. Ah, nah. The community's gone. That's true. So, so we all hear our parents say, yo, when I did something. Okay, so you you hear the conversation that they have, and they talking about old school uh, relationships, grandparents, and stuff like that. So it was funny because, like I always say, with this show, everything always comes into alignment with stuff. So I I had this this uh, portion um, of the of this series that actually went along with this, and I didn't even know. So let me pull it up. I found this on Twitter. And this is an inter- interesting conversation. And 
and a conversation that deserves a deeper conversation. But I'm just going to introduce the conversation on the podcast. So, you know, if if there's anybody who want to have a deeper conversation, anybody who wants to come on the, on the podcast to have a deeper conversation about it, we can do that. I'm not going to debate. I'm only into having the conversations, but here we go. This is a response to what was just said. Uh, let me find it. I got it in my uh, my uh, topic chat. Let me see where it is. Um, okay, here you go. Right, here. let me pull it up. This is a a response, sort of, to what Kevin Samuel said, talking about the old school relationships with our grandparents and stuff like that. that their grandmothers were able men and let me just preface this that i'm not gonna i'm never gonna be one-sided with something for something to just benefit me i'm gonna attack all portions of the conversation because i think that is relevant and that's why i would say i will never sit there and debate debate with anybody i will have a conversation with you because i believe conversations will lead to something debates is just ego strokes so here we go with the response always like to bring up the fact that their grandmothers were able to keep their it's hilarious and she's preaching because i've been saying this for years it's naive to romanticize old school relationships based off nothing but longevity now a 40-year marriage is definitely something to aspire to and i'm not saying that all of your grandmothers were in toxic relationships but facts are facts and some of them went through hell okay Fannie Mae went through hell. Some of y'all grandpas was laying dick from Harlem to Mississippi, had kids in every state. Your grandmother knew about it, but she could not leave because she was number one, indoctrinated to believe that she could not survive without a man. Two, had no resources or financial standing. She could not even get a bank account if Willie Earl did not sign off on it. Some of them had to suffer through abuse and mistreatment because if they left, they would not be able to feed their children. Stop reducing that to them just being ride or die because it's honestly disrespectful. We live in a different time that we should be grateful for. Stop encouraging women to struggle and suffer because your grandma did. I think those valid points. I definitely think those valid points. I found this on Twitter, by the way. I found that uh that clip on Twitter. Um it was a TikTok. And I feel like it was a a perfect like response to um, what was just said off of the Joe Budden, Kevin Samuels interview. I think it's very touchy. That subject is very touchy because it deals with a lot of personal family issues. Um, I feel like, you know... Um, I definitely feel like it's true to a certain degree. Um, it didn't happen in every family, but I feel like that it 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 gets uh, focused on a little bit too much by black women um, in order for them to push their feminist narrative. And this is not to say that every black woman does this, but I'm just saying. Um... But I feel what I feel like they did acknowledge 
what was said in that TikTok on the Kevin Samuels interview saying that, you know, by, you know, even though the grandpa was out here cheating and stuff like that, that the grandmother held, still held it down and kept stuff quiet in order to keep the family together. And I'm not saying that, I'm not sitting here saying that that's, that's right or anything like that. You know, everybody makes their own decisions. If that's what she felt like she had to do, then that's what she did. Um, I I am of the experience that I've seen both the husband and the wife cheat on each other. And the fam and the immediate family knew about it. And I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there without getting too personal. Um, so if you can read if you're smart enough to read between the lines, then you can read between the lines. Um, but I think that in the black community period and just in those olden times is what I call them. Those olden times is that, you know, a lot of, um, that stuff is just, it's just bad period. Just like you have like, um generational curses the toxic cycles and stuff like that stuff just needs to be broken <laughs> excuse me you have plenty of times where the husband the man felt as though that he needed to marry the woman because he got her pregnant and that's the narrative that was pushed as well as the woman feeling as though that she needed to marry the dude because she got pregnant by him and that was the narrative you know stuff like that so it wasn't just a thing of it just being everybody plays a role in these in these things. And we talked about it before on the unproductive unapolog unapologetic podcast about, you know, back in the day how uh black women weren't able to open up bank accounts and stuff like that. So they were they were all they were forced to be in in those relationships and stuff like that because they couldn't fend for themselves, which is, you know, which is something that needs to be pointed out. And I've talked about plenty of times before how, you know, when it came time to for the women to get government assistance, they kicked the man out and stuff like that. So it goes both ways. You know, this just ain't no one sided thing, but it's definitely not me just sitting here saying that dismissing, you know, the the uh, the woman's. Uh, struggles that she had to go through in a relationship. Definitely not, you know. I'm always on the side of us getting together and getting getting our shit together, you know what I'm saying? We got to get our shit together. You know, you in this conversation, when it comes to the olden times and stuff like that, you'll hear, like, situations where um, people bring up the fact that, you know, your grandparents was was mess was may have been in the age group of eighteen and twenty and marrying a fifteen or sixteen year old and stuff like that. Like during those times, certain things were acceptable that aren't acceptable now. Like the shit that R. Kelly was doing was more acceptable back in the sixty, the fifties, and the sixties and shit, but. He, he was doing that shit in the 90s and the 2000s and stuff like that for, you know, to bring up an example. But people ain't trying to hear that shit now, you know what I'm saying? And not to say that either one is right or whatever, but it's just that time, like times are, 
different time, different strokes for different folks. You know what I'm saying? Certain certain times that things were acceptable, which may not have been right. But then when you come decades later, then yeah, we ain't having that shit. Nah, that that shit ain't right. Nah, you can't be doing that shit no more. You may have thought that shit was cool then, but nah, it's not. It's not cool no more. Cause we gotta remember, like, women couldn't open bank accounts back in, like, even in the seventies, like in the early seventies, women couldn't even open bank accounts. So it was like, a lot of times, women were hostage to men that they were with. And just thinking about like certain conversations that uh, were brought up during that Kevin Samuels interview on the Joe Budden podcast, when he brought up uh, Color Purple and stuff like that, you remember like in Color Purple, like Danny Glover, he was a full grown adult in the movie, and 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 silly, she was like fourteen, fifteen years old, and he was marrying her. Like this was stuff that they was doing back in that time. Like it's not acceptable now. But it was acceptable then. So, like, I don't really I don't really know how you can navigate through all that stuff because it's our parents or our grandparents didn't see nothing wrong with it then because that's what they was used to. And then a lot of times, I mean, like, everybody plays, I will always look at it like this, because everybody plays a role in everything. Like, granted, you couldn't open up a bank account as a woman and all this other stuff like that. You dealing, like, a lot of women was really in love with these dudes back in the day, whether they was abusive, they was alcoholics or whatever, they was cheating or whatever. A lot of these women chose to, chose to stay with these dudes you know what i'm saying it just wasn't a thing and then just based off of um me being born in the 80s and stuff like that you'll have a narrative pushed to you as a man that if you get a woman pregnant you supposed to marry her and stuff like that so a lot of times these dudes didn't really want to be with these women just like the women didn't want to be with the men but the narrative has always been pushed or these these generational narratives has been pushed that if this happens, you got to be with this woman, you got to do this, you got to do that and stuff like that. It was sort of like uh, if you was in another country and and your parents, um, your parents put together a wedding for you. They chose this bride for you. They chose chose this groom for you and stuff like that. So it's just weird. Like, honestly, the shit is weird to me. I'm out in the street. Mr. Son- Mr. Johnson will whoop my ass and, and take me home. home. And then, get my, and then my parents will whip so, my ass, too. Yeah. I, I- and that just makes me think, like, like, period. Like, every other ethnicity or racial group or whatever has their community. They have their roles, their rules, their, their narratives and stuff like that. And they stick to it. But we the only community that don't do that. We don't do that. For whatever reason, we won't do that. And whether it's from us being programmed and having this stuff pushed to us to to look at it this way, Willie Lynch syndrome, all of this other stuff.
everybody, every other racial group, every other ethnicity stays on code except for us. I ask this question to women all the time. All right. Who leads? Who leads? Because if you want the the fundamental building block of any government, I mean, sorry, any country, any state, any community, any society is the family. Is the family. And and when it gets right down to it, that's a mother and a father. We are different. If you have children, you can sit back and know that you and and your the mother of your child have thought different things about that child, but whose word follows? And far too often today, women are leading. So it's like, well, if I asked you, how do I get to uh, how do I get to Bergdorf Goodman? Everybody in here would tell me a different locate, a different route. Mm-hmm. We'd all end up at the same destination. Women are far too worried about their destination being right instead of the, I mean, their route being right instead of the outcome. Mm -hmm. A man's nature is to discipline, correct, structure. A woman's nature is to offer nurture or feelings. So you guess what we get? We've gotten a generation of softer men and a generation of harder women. They've told their daughters, don't worry about no man, don't worry about this, get your education, and and so forth. And they've told their sons, Quite the opposite. And then the funny thing is you end up raising the very men that you decry of not being able to lead. So when I say who leads, forget every one of the men in this room. Where's the camera? And that's a conversation that needs to be had. That a lot of these men that's out here being raised by the very women who despise these particular men, but then they raising these exact men. They raising these men who have no masculinity, who don't know how to lead, who don't know how to be a true man, a true protector, a true provider. They And this is part of the Willie Syndrome. This is part of the Willie Syndrome. I've talked about that on the Steel Lynching episode. I talked about how once that the, the strong man in the group, the strong enslaved man in the group was buck broke, buck breaking as they would do. Shout out to uh, Tariq Nasheed uh, with his new uh, documentary, Buck Breaking. I just recently watched that. Very powerful documentary once once that black man is buck broken then that black woman is going to shelter she's going to keep her son close to her and and make sure that he doesn't show his true masculine nature key key phrase true masculine nature In order to save him. You're raising the exact men that you don't want to be with. Fuck us. Forget forget us all. What about your boys? What about your sons? What about your boys? Black boys are reading at a fourth grade level. The next group of leaders are coming from your sons. What are you doing with them? And if you're not, if you have the money to put one of your children to college, is it going to be your son? Are you actually making a differentiation for your son versus your daughters 
because you want your daughters to have somebody that can lead, but you're not teaching any kind of leadership in your home. Yes, uh, they get mad when I start talking oh, about no. this because I'm like, okay, you say at in your 30s, all of a sudden you're going to just flip this, flip the script and all of a sudden become this cooperative, submissive woman. What history do you have with even cooperating with a man? And I ask a question: Did you did you have any brother? This is this has been out there for for a while. Sharzad Ali, Kevin Samuels, Ayanna Van Zant has been pushing this narrative about how women are raising the exact men that they are complaining about. This ain't nothing new, and even beyond this this series trigger warning, I will discuss this further. Growing up, yeah. Did your mother serve your father? Yeah. Did you serve your brothers? What? <laughs> but you go into a Hispanic family and the I was just about go to say. Hispanic family and the girls of the family serve the boys. Now, why is it that a guy who may have come into this country legally or illegally, especially if you're in the South, I make this thing all the time. A guy can come in this country illegally, stand outside a Home Depot or the Day Labor Center and do almost anything, sell oranges, whatever you think for money, but go home and get a submissive, respectful, loyal woman. He ain't got to be a millionaire, but he can get that. But yet, I got to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, 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 Joe's with me often. So I had this conversation with one of our... I mean, this is... <laughs> he's not lying. I'm, I'm serious. He's not lying. Like, you will get... And this is just not my, exp- my personal experience. This is my experiences from observing things. Like, women who kick their feet, raise hell if a dude asks them to, to make their plate or whatever. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's like combative. It's like a combative type shit. And it's crazy because, like, I've, I've said it through the series already, like, it's a lot of black dudes out here that really want to be with black women and protect them and provide for them and and do whatever even if they don't make the same amount of money they want to just just be there be the be the the rock for them but yeah let's go female friends and she said demographically the black woman and the asian man are the two like falling groups, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, why? And she said, because the black man has no problem dating outside of his race. (laughs) And the Asian woman has no problem dating outside of her race. And I told her, this girl, she makes a nice amount of money. And I said, yo, because you guys snicker and laugh at the $70,000, $80,000 a year man. Hmm. And Maria... Man making $70,000, $80,000 a year. And a woman still don't want him. A black woman still don't want him. What the hell? Like, I've made 50000 Look, last episode, I talked about how when I was unemployed and I was living in my house, had a mortgage to pay, excuse me, car note to pay, all that. I had to take a job making 30, $30-something thousand a year. I had to. Because I wasn't just going to sit in the fucking house and not do nothing. I'm a man. I got to I gotta do what I got to do to keep my shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have no second income up in here. I got to do what I got to do. I took a job 
less than what I was making before I got laid off from my government contract. 30,000, 30 some $30,000 a year. Wasn't even in the mid-30s. I was making low 30s. But as a man, I got to do what the fuck I got to do. Now I'm in the position to make more. I'm in the position making more than that. But then somebody will find a problem with it. Somebody would. Some black woman would. Because it's not up to the standards of what social media is putting out there. Let's go. And Becky will welcome him with open arms. Well, let me tell you, your friend, you're full of shit. <laughs> Ma'am, you are full of shit. Black men, men traditionally are the more racial loyal of any group. That's it. Women are the ones that tend to, because you want to know who dates out the most? Asian women, white men. So the net, net of it is, if black women were as sexually, as desired sexually as black men, do you not think they would date out as often as we would? Ooh. But the thing is, the black men we start talking about, they are still saying, I want a woman. With all these situations, modern woman, this or that, still, when we marry, we are marrying a black woman at an 86% rate. But see, they want to talk about the 14% that don't yeah, do it. Yeah, I and, don't like that. I don't and, like that. And, and like if that. you even take it even further, it's really exacerbated when you start getting into things outside of what I consider corporate America. When you start getting into entertainment, athletics, uh, entertainment, athletics, uh, entertainment or athletics, the numbers mm -hmm. are overrepresented. Gotcha. But if you look in where people are making, you know, having to go to work a traditional nine to five day, most people marry people that look like themselves. You see, that's a deflection argument. It is. It is. Because it's at the dismissive. end of the day, all you got it's like, okay, ma'am, let's accept it. All you got to do is find one. Why can't you find one? And you ask your friend, uh, have you ever been with a man that's suitable or reasonable? And here's where it's going to come. Yeah, back in college, I was engaged once. Well, why didn't that happen? Who broke it off? And I'm going to tell you, almost 100% of the time, they're the ones leaving. You honestly think that these women honestly think that they can leave a man in their 20s and 30s, play the field, do what they want to, and in, in their early 20s, and then wait later on in life and get a man that's more valuable as their value is going down. That's what's been marketed to them. But their value, I think. And I understand what he's saying about that, you know. Uh, about most women want a man fully put together when they start dating him. And I know he said that that's what's been marketed to women. But I do know there's a there's been plenty of women out here that will date a man when he's when he isn't in the the most um best situations so i'm not so i won't sit here and say that you know that's that's every woman you know i've already prefaced that before but let me preface that again i know there's plenty of women who who mess with a man that has been down and out and not up and up and all that other stuff like that but let's just be honest that's that's the narrative that's being pushed out there with the hot girl summer the uh Nicki minajs and the um Shit, Meg the Stallions and all that other bullshit. You know, that is the narrative that's being pushed out there. And it's a lot of women 
that push that shit on social media that aren't celebrities and stuff like that. I see it all the time, complaining, drama, trauma, and negativity, all that shit on social media with the memes and all that other bullshit. Let's move along to some more. Tough spot when I have to keep a straight face. <laughs> well, because my fingers are too big, I can't get the uh, right on the spot at every moment <laughs> of the the clips that I want to play. But so it's a little ahead of what I want to what I want to play. So just bear with me. Y'all probably sitting in y'all seats mad anyway if you're getting triggered by it so just bear with me experience increases your value it doesn't no it doesn't it decreases your it it increases your marketplace value let me rewind that back a little bit so y'all can get the gist of it it's one of the Things that tends to upset women more than anything else. So I asked the question: <laughs> What product on the market increases with time, with with age and use? You put me in a real tough spot when I have to keep a straight face. When, <laughs> well, when, when you, you say, say sexual, sexual we, we marketplace, we quote it. We quote it. Sexual marketplace <laughs> value. I won't say it anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I perfectly is, understand. No, we all understand it, but, but they the don't. Is, and so that's why, yeah. Women women have been told that college, money, socioeconomic status, experience increases your value. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. It decreases your, it, it increases your asking price because of a thing called hypergamy. Women typically want men to have at least what they have or more. So... I'm yep. not. If you wait until you ha- are making a certain amount of money, it's going to be harder for you to accept the man working less. If a man, if you want, if you get a certain level of education, this or that, you're going to think that it raises your overall value. To mm-hmm. so when you hear me ask all women, "How tall are you? And how much do you weigh? Dress size. Dress size. How much do you weigh? If you had to rake yourself." I'm like, that's your SMB. That's what it kind of starts. Then that gets to be a, a question. It gets to be a problem because when women rank themselves around the average range, I'm like, in what world did average women get above average men? Consistently. They want to fight you at that point. Today's world, though. That's not true. Well, okay. Shit. okay. That's not true. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, there's a caveat. If you are an average woman... You get an above, if you have an above average man later in life, he doesn't start that way. You get him with when he's young. See, this whole high value thing has two components. Many women want a man who's already high value, or you don't want to build a body. They want a man already established. And then, like, what they talking about, like, I see a lot of women with, 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 like I already said, unattractive dudes. And this is just based off the physical. Stuff and this is just me having conversations with women. Period. A lot of women don't want to 
be in relationships with unattractive dudes. I mean, with attractive dudes because they feel as though that those dudes are going to get attention and they're worried about being cheated on. Or build a boot. Yeah, no way. All right, well, great. Then you go ahead and hook up with him when he's uh, getting it out the mud, when he's living in a one-bedroom studio, and y'all get the, I call it an, an Ikea marriage. Y'all get that Ikea marriage. <laughs> You know, what's wrong with the one liner, man? With the one liner, yeah, we all know what I care. Yeah, because you know it look real nice with his particle board and she's gonna get the IKEA marriage, and y'all do that, and y'all y'all split the, you know, we'll get one venti mochaccino frappuccino lot, and y'all split that shit, y'all act like y'all doing something, one scone and everything else, and then you build and build and build, and then once he gets to his place, they don't want that though. Well, I don't care what you want. I don't care what you. I don't think I don't care what you want. I care what you can get. I agree. And see, the thing is, if men don't run around talking about I feel, I feel, I feel, and I want, men think, do, and we accept our situation. We all want a certain caliber of woman. Most most guys want shit. Like I've already talked about. Like you'll have the the out-of-shape dudes, one in the, the chick's the Instagram chicks with the bubbles and the flat stomachs, big titties, big ass, and all that other stuff. That's what the guy wants. So the guy be wanting eight, nines, and tens, but they will settle for five, six, and sevens. But that ain't the case with, with women. Women, they straight up want an established dude making the money that, at least the money that they making. Able to buy them whatever they want, take them on the trips, vacations, all that other stuff. That's all you see on social media from women. They want that, and they don't care if the dude look good or not. Like, perfect example, when I talked about last episode about Porsche from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Y'all know good and well that nigga ain't attractive. That that old baby that she, she messing with now ain't attractive. She only messing with him for his money. You can Google and see how much money he's worth. He's worth over $40 million. So it's like, how can you really take a lot of women seriously when that's where their mind is at? You don't really want the shit that, you don't really want love. You don't really want companionship, partnership. You just want money. You just want to be able to show off attentionship. You don't want a, a partnership or a relationship. You want attentionship. That's what you want. But until you were in a position to be able to have and maintain that, could you get it? Uh, could you get it and keep it? See, Why is that hard to say for men? That realization buddy. we've come to a long time ago. I'm not going to shoot for Halle Berry if I know I'm not on Halle Berry. Well, hold on. So or do say, I feel entitled let to me do say, so? But see, the thing is, <laughs> I'm going to say this story. But here's the thing is, even if you did, <laughs> let's just say I, I ran, let's just say you ran into Halle Berry in New York City and y'all did do something. You Halle Berry wouldn't all of a sudden be your new level. You'd say, I caught her one day. That was an outlier. I, I, yeah, I caught, I caught her one day, day on a nice little drunk, night. That's, yeah. a, that's a story you always got to that's tell, true. but all of a sudden you wouldn't that's walk true. around thinking, well, hey, Hallie, hey, next time you're in town, let's, what? 
<laughs> nah, man, that was tequila. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Or, now, or, wait, 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 or, wait, wait, or, 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 wait, 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 buddy. Or, now, Holly Berry's not your standard. I got you, but I don't want Sally Richardson next and Nia Long next and J Lo next, and but, I make right, forty listen, grand. But, all that shit is awesome, but my point wasn't. Let's take a commercial break, <laughs> and we back, we back, we back, we back. Today's world, so that example has to continue. Okay, I slept with Holly. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And I leave thinking the same way you said. I would say Neil Long before I say Holly Berry, but, you know, that's just me. Oh, man, what a night, man. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. But two weeks later, another one of them pop up, and it happened again. I didn't expect that one. I didn't plan for that one either. You gotta oh, have a, shit. You got to have a high S. Hey, that's pretty. The second one for me after Neil Long would be Rihanna, but that's just me. Cool that that happened twice. I'm going to go ahead on about my way. Hey, five hours later, here go another one. Wait a second. Indeed. And now the, now the game has changed. No, right. but for Now those, it's not an anomaly. But he answers to them as well. Your SMV is then high. Well, see, for men... Do you want me to tell you about... Oh, you got it. You don't really... See, look, see, their SMV see, is high at that point. See, That's not happening to average 5'4", 170-pound women. That's happening to women that are bumping yes. into high value men. I think it is, but that's the minority, so I'm not going to argue. It's it. a minority. Hold on, hold it, on. Here's here's what's okay. And it's so sexual. Co- so so a couple of things. One, men know what your credit rating is and what your resources like. That's what kind of woman you can afford. That's generally what we know. We we know. And I agree with that. Majority of the men know that this is the woman that I can go after based off uh, based off a. Uh, what I what I have material, materialistically. That's I mean that's just it. Most majority of the guys know. This is the woman that I can go out to based off of what I bring to the table, just based off of the atmosphere and the narrative that's being pushed out there. Do I think that I can pull Neil Long or Rihanna? I think I could. I I believe I could based off of my looks and all that other stuff. But would they want to deal with me based off of my financial situation and stuff like that? Probably wouldn't. But could I have a one-off chance with them? I know I could. I'm confident enough to say that. Just based off of who I am. I don't but it would be easier for me if I was in the same atmosphere as them. If I had the same money as them, if I had the same uh fandom, stardom or whatever as them. Yeah. But once I pull them, do I look at it as though that I can pull any and every that's in their same ring room? No. I'll just look at it like, hey, man, I had a night, boy. <laughs> and nobody can never take that away from me. But would I continuously be looking to move in that in that area, in that realm? No. I would take it as damn. I had that jump right there. You know what I'm saying? I did something that Bamers wouldn't believe and move on. That would just give me an extra boost of confidence in in my in my circle, in my realm of of living life.
what our resource pool is and the kind of one we can afford. Sure, if we got a Halle Berry or if we got some one-offs, mm -hmm. that does not give you an 800 credit score and a $400,000 income. That just gives you the ability to get it off the lip, some game. Name, he already saying what I said. He already saying what I was saying. <laughs> maybe you're looking right. Maybe you're smelling right. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe your particular brand of dude is in style right now, and mm -hmm. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But men are at least realistic about that. Here's what happens, though, with, uh, with women. Because so many women want these men who are, quote, unquote, high value, and I, I, and I have defined that. You got 100% of women, the Petra principle, going for the top 20%, top 10% of men and guys. And this ain't something that just started. Like, women have always been in a position to think that they can, to think or even have the ambition to go after a celebrity or stuff like that. That's where the whole term groupies came from. That's what, that's, that's, that's what... Excuse me. That's all it is. Groupies came from regular women that was outside of the celebrity world, whether it be Hollywood, NBA, NFL, whatever, believing that they can infiltrate that and deal with those men. I remember particularly one time me and my brother was at a Redskins game. This was when they was the Washington Redskins. So don't take offense. And we was walking to the stadium, and there was groupies out there. It was cold as shit that night. It was had to be like in 30-degree weather. These white women was out there in booty shorts, small tops and everything, waiting to get in to the little uh i guess player section or to the i don't know it had to be the, like the player section or something but this is women think that they women think and know that they can infiltrate that space men we don't even we don't even put our minds to that if we if we get there if we get to just have one of those those moments or whatever then cool or whatever but we don't hang our hats on it at least majority of the men. But women, that's that seems like that that's their goal in life. And like I said, this is trigger warning. If you getting triggered by it, that means there's some truth to it. But that's not I already prefaced enough that that's me not talking about every woman. Up here, you will know that if he can hit Halle Berry, he'll hit it. But if he can hit that six and ain't nobody looking, he going to hit that too. Hit that too yeah. The problem is the way women look at that is women look at that man as their new standard. They're like, well, if I can get him and he's with her, that puts me on her level. And that's not how it works. We look at these things differently. So it's not as though average women have not dealt with high-value men because I, I count for that on my show. Many times women say, I deal with high-value men. I deal with high-value And I say, I don't worry about dealing. Marriage. Do they commit? We keep. We keep. We we <laughs> keep. We we judge by weddings and see that tells the story. Women are judged ultimately by the kind and caliber of men that they can keep. Keep. And many of these women cannot keep a man like that. That's true. Uh, which is and which bothers them because it's like, well, if I can deal with him, well, if you can't keep him, what does it matter? 
what bothers a lot of women about my show is that it's it's really common sense and basic. It's just telling it's telling them something that men know. You can't have it all. Life is about choices and trade offs. And they don't want to compromise. And they you call, went on. They, no, call they want to see you shit on some more men. Too. No, they call compromise they, settling. They wanted to bring they some call more men on there. Settling. Settling. Well, I got right. three, that's what they I call got... And I think that's a key key phrase right there. They call compromise and settling. You can't have everything you want in the main. You can't. So it's not settling. And y'all so wrapped up into social media and what and what. Y'all not gonna go through based off of what your with your mother and your aunts and your friends and your sisters and cousins and all that other stuff was complaining about affect your decision making on how you want to live your life. I got three years of that. I got see what they don't do is go back into my catalog because even on like on World Star they put up some of my older videos. It's all out there. It is, and then. And even when I do say stuff to men or non-black women, I don't get credit for that. I don't get credit for that. I mean, I had a woman call on the show the other day, and she called herself. She wanted to start checking a black woman. I'm like, oh well, no, I don't. We don't. You don't. You don't get those kind of privileges over here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not going to get the clicks, though. Well, so what is it? What is it they really want? They don't want me to say it. To be honest, because what? Because yeah. what's starting to happen is I'm not. I'm not rude. I'm not. I'm not cursing you out. Uh, I'm not being. Uh, I'm not initiating drama. I'm not trolling. Women are calling into my show voluntarily, and we're having conversations in real time. And what it's starting to do is it's starting to make it harder to refute what I'm saying. The stuff I quote, you can look up the numbers. Um, and it's not like I'm just you know calling you a bunch of bitches and hoes and this and that. Da, 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 da. That's the problem. It's so, so and, and it's starting to have an impact. Now, you know, mm-hmm. women are starting to look at things differently. Guys are starting to look at things differently. And the people who really have the issue are, do they have a desire to change or improve anywhere? Or do they think they're right? That's killer. That's the key right there. I mean, like, are you... Just focused on going through our life, being attached to that narrative of that drama, trauma, and negativity, or are you willing to look into the mirror and heal and let go of that hate, detach from that hate, that trauma, that drama, that negativity? But we going in right here because we we coming up on two hours, and this is definitely what I ain't want to get. That's why I got to be a part four. And that's why part four will be the end. I mean, I just got to let it be the end. I appreciate everybody for listening to the podcast. Uh, Trigger warning part three. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Go on greatestiamblog.com. Instagram greatest.i.am.blog. Also, check out my online store, atastetoconsider.com. I have the Therapy and Heal shirts up there right now. In June, starting June, I will be having new products up there. Um, So check that out. Support it. Share it. Share the podcast. Share the blog. Share the online store. Just share it all, man. Damn. 
help a brother out. And I'm going, you know, I always end it off with a song, so I got to find a song. Um, I'm just going to do a shuffle because I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> it's just time to just end the episode. Let's go. This is Mac Aris jumping off the moon. Let's go. Let's say sick and sit a podcast. I'll be back next week. I appreciate you all for listening to the podcast. You got a whole week to listen to this podcast. So I don't want to hear no bullshit. Let's go. Tucked in your corner of the sky. Far right back into place before the sunrise. You need more bullets for your gun. Distance, I'm not one to confide. Boy, you better take this wave. Stay your girl wherever you Don't you try to stay Taste to consider podcast. Let's go. Say, sick and Come on and Sticking to the podcast, that's Mac Aris jumping off the moon. This is Taste Sticking to the podcast. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Check out greatestiamblog.com. That's my mental health blog. Also, check out my online store, thetastesticonsider.com. Right now, I have the Therapy and Heal t-shirts up right now for Mental Health Awareness Month. Starting in June, I will have new products up there. Support me. Share, like, download. Taste to Consider Podcast. Let's go.